0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, Erev Tov. Once again, um, we are approaching a milestone. It is Rosh Chodesh now, Rosh Chodesh Nissan. Uh, today was the, as I said, I we're just I'm ending my my Yom Hashanah. Uh, I was fasting up until a couple minutes ago. I ran and had something, went downstairs to drink something and have a little bit of uh Mizonot in my brain, so I'd be able to give a decent cheer. But uh I was happy that I was able to uh to be makayim the Minag that I had, even though Heinemann said Shimatar neder. Um Hashem, this should be the last year that I don't go to Beit Knesset on my father's uh, Yurtzai, Mirtz Hashem. We should uh, all Mirtz Hashem be in the Knesset soon and uh, have a lot of from all, all that we're learning now. I see we only have three people here uh, we're going to start with, but again, I'm going to ask, and the people here, I think are Avrami and Moshe and uh, Yitzhak. So uh, when the others start joining, I think somebody else is just, uh, perhaps somebody else is coming to join us as well. But well, let's get started in our learning. Uh, we're going to keep on going and we're getting very close to finishing, uh, the section of Shulchan Aruch that is mostly Yoradeya Kashrut, and getting into pure Inyonim of Pesach almost. Uh, that's coming up. We're going to start that today. So let's start with, we're finishing up the Simen. Samach Zion. Tarnagolitz Luya. So we've been talking about, uh, cooking, roasting, We've been talking, this is roasting. We've been talking about putting it in water and searing off the feathers. We've been talking about it soaking in water. What we're talking about here is a piece of possible chametz. And what has also occurred, besides the possible chametz, is that celia, roasting, has occurred. Um, so what was going on with this roasting? We're going to see later in the Shulchan Aruch that it wasn't even inside of an oven. It was an outdoor roast. You were roasting a chicken outdoors over a spit, a spit, uh, and the chicken's body was in the spit over the flames, something like we were talking about in, in the Gemara and Shabbos yesterday as well. So, taragoletzluya, so you have roasted this wonderfully tasteful chicken, you hope. But now, nimtzas chita, you find inside of it is chita, and this chita is mivukat betoch Pesach. It happens during Pesach. You find it. If it's chita mivukat, you have to be machmir, and you have to assume that it's chametz. And depending on even even question, how much of a bikua it is but let's assume it's quite a bit of bikurat, quite a bit of of, of roasting has occurred. Quite a bit of a popping has occurred. And now what has happened is through the roasting, the in, even though the animal ate it, and we saw according to the Ramah, maybe you could be Mako if the animal ate it. It's no longer Chometz. But now you've roasted it. So now you've roasted it. And the, the Chumrah here is, is that the Chometz has now started to spread through the roasting. But how much does it spread? So the Machaber has three opinions. Let's take a look. Chotech Makom. Makom what? Makom? Pi-pu-o. So it isn't just slicing a little layer off of it. Like we saw yesterday when it came to salting and other things like that. Where it was might be only kede klipa. It is We do think that it, it, we do believe that it started to penetrate downward because of the roasting. And we let you, we, we trust you. How far deep do you think it went? That's the first opinion. And that's because there, we're not going to let you just get away with cutting off a little bit, just the, the, the upper layer, because there was something that happened. Now, why do we think there's something that happened? Where's the liquid? Remember what I said before, liquid, water, right? So the liquid is the juices. Of the animal, okay, but what made the what made the chita chametz? Where was the water that made it chametz? So the Mishnah explains on the page before quoting the Chayadam, Adam, and he quotes that that's in, in uh, Sifkatan Ayin Tes. Kosav Achay you can see I have the cursor here. Kosav Adam, the Davka in other words what happened was is that you found it inside of the uh, the chicken and what happened was when you washed the animal off why did you wash the animal off because you needed to get the blood off you haven't you're going to salt soon but you want to get any blood that's on the animal off when you washed it the water went into the animal's mouth. It was dead, but it was into the animal's mouth. And now the water is maybe what caused that chita to become chometz inside of it. So, but he says if you find it on top of the chicken, then when you watered it to get rid of the, the, the blood and stuff, then, uh, it would have fallen off. So it must be you actually found it inside after you poured water and the water went inside the animal's gullet and that caused the chita to crack and become chametz. And then after you did hadacha, then what you did was you put it on the spit and then you roasted it. So therefore what's happening is is you you have something that you believe is pure chametz and because of the roasting, it, it now penetrates. Okay, and as it says here in Pe'alif, that it can actually go down deep all around it. But we trust your Omeradas to figure out how far you think it extended down. Let's go now again to the second page. So that's the first sheet. You have to you, again. We've explained how it became chametz. We've also explained how it penetrated through the roasting on the spit. But ve'yesh osur miskuva, Some uh, some opinions hold that you have to actually osur even the machaber saying the whole chicken. Why? So this is a special chumrah that only applies when you roast on a spit. Now normally roasting on a spit has kulas because it's not a contained area. As we saw, we talked about that in, in terms of Hilchah Shabbat. But here when it comes to roasting on the spit, it actually is more chomor. And the reason is, is Lafisha Mahapchenash Because what you do is you, 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 you turn it around and around, right? You turn the spit around and around over the flame. Okay, and this is the sheet. I'm just finding where it is because I can't see it on the page well. Uh, this is the sheet that says when you uh, when you do such a thing. This is the sheet of the rokeach. The rokeach says uh, one of the great Ashkenazi mukubalim uh, and also great balalacha that when you Flip something over, what happens is by flipping it over, mispashet hatam becholatarnegoes. So it's not just roasting on their fire, but you're also turning it around. And by turning it around and moving it, it causes it to spread into the whole chicken. That's the sheet of the rokeach. And then the machabe brings a third opinion. But there's some that say that you should also not, if you, if you have a spit, like a big shish kebab, and you're having all the pieces one on top of the other. So the same way the flipping of the shfud causes a spreading into the complete tarnigolit, and now jumps to the one next to it onto the spit. Now this is from the Rosh, I believe. Uh, this is the, this is quoting the Rosh. So those are the three opinions, the Rosh, uh, the Rokeach, and uh, the first opinion is Rabbi Lezer Mimitz, who was one of the students of Rabbeinu Tam, was much earlier, uh, about, a little bit earlier than the Rokeach, but definitely earlier than the Rosh. Those are the three. They're all incredibly Ashkenazim. All three are basically Ashkenazi shitot and all quoted by the bit Yosef here in Shulchan Aruch. Opinion number one, that you have to it is Mifafea, cut that part out. Opinion number two, the whole chicken is usr. Opinion number three, all the chickens on the spit will be usr provided they are touching each other. But as the Mishabura points out, even according to the Rush, the Mahmir, if they're not touching each other, we don't say that the whole spit becomes chametz because the chicken puts the fat in, puts the ister into the spit and now it extends. The pieces of meat have to all be touching each other. Then you're going to have the problem. That's the third sheet. Because, because the shfood is moving, it actually goes from one chicken into the other. Now, the Mishnahbura mentions here, before we get to the last, and this was a pretty tough, uh, simon, I have to say, but before we get to the last piece here, and again, remember, we're doing this for, uh, another, uh, nine minutes or so, another nine or ten minutes, uh, I want to mention the, uh, what the Mishnahbura writes on the page before, I'm sorry, on this page, in Sifkatan, He writes here Vidavke and Sifkoton Pay Aleph. Davke Maya Hatarnagolit Khusha. Now this is something new in Kashrut. Um if the chicken is not a if it's a if it's a, if it's a pretty um weak or uh, scrawny chicken. If it's a scrawny chicken. That's what this Sug-Simon is talking about, this Sif is talking about. But if the, if Imchaya Shamen, magosh Magosha Lachita, if the piece of, if the chicken itself is fat, even in this spot, then we're not just talking about the spreading of the Chita. Then a new Ahaloka occurs. And that is that the whole chicken would be Osir, even according to the opinion of Rebbe Mitz, Mimitz, even according to the first opinion. Why? De'ozo ha heter mifatim Because the fat, the fatty meat around where you discover the piece of wheat actually strengthens it it fattens it it, it it sort of it sort of absorbs the wheat in a way and turns the wheat into something stronger so this is something called the heter is the so you have to look and see where the piece is um the uh okay as we said before that it's, okay, let's now go to the, uh, the net, one, one more Mishnah Bura before we go to, to Zion. The Mishnah is wondering why the Ramah doesn't make any comments here. All three opinions are all, uh, from the Beit Yosef. There's no Ramah saying we should be Machmir. So if you were wondering where the Ramah was, the Mishnah explains in Sif Cotton um, The Obviously, this is no better than when you'd be salting it. We had before a case where you found the khita inside the animal and you had salted the animal to get the blood out. And there the Rama felt you need to throw the whole piece away. Well, this is clearly no better right? Salting, here you're actually, you're using heat, and therefore what the Ramah said there, You according to the Ramah, you definitely have to throw the whole chicken away no matter what, and the Ramah would definitely be Machmir in this case. There wouldn't be a, a, a discussion. Okay, so that is, let's go now. We're going to finish the uh, Sif off, the semen off. Chita Oseora Tezayin so now, what happened was, you didn't find it in the stomach. You found it in the crop of the animal. We've talked about the zefek a lot, and when we're doing he him him and chulin and other things. So, basically, you cut this thing open, and when you cut this zefek open, uh, you find the chita. Now, the problem was, is that when you you, you, when you, you, before you cut it open, you did something to the bird. You singed the bird a little bit to get its feathers off. But the zefek was still there. So now the zefek was also affected by this, this blanching, this heating that you did. And what was inside the zefek? Chometz. Why was it chometz? Well, because the bird swallowed the kernel. And there's a liquid inside the zephic as well. So even if it wasn't chametz when he swallowed it, we assume that it becomes chametz with the liquid that's inside the crop. That has now caused the Chita to become chametz. It's inside the crop of the bird. And now the question is, I now applied heat to singe its feathers. Do I say there was some penetration? So let's see what the Mechaber says. Ha'of mutar. There's not a problem. The bird is okay. Now, ha'chita v'asora, whatever you found inside of the bird, you have to assume is chametz. was sarfum, you need to burn them. Now, he writes here, d'loch shivei Now, if you remember, the Ramah was a makel, in some situations, a case, in the case of a zvek especially, he felt that if it's inside the animal, you don't consider it a normal piece of wheat anymore. You consider it a piece of digestion. right? The machaber clearly rejects that. He says we don't consider, especially if it never got further than the zephic. It's one thing if it got into the intestines and it went through the whole body and the animal pooped it out. That's something different. But here it only got into the first layer. It only got into the first level. So we don't say, oh, it's not really bread anymore. It's not wheat anymore. Okay, so that's an important halacha to know. That's the opinion of the Bet Yosef. We don't say in the Zephic it's mulchal. But why aren't we worried about the fact that you applied heat and the heat might have caused some problem? So let's take a look at the Mishaburah Y to explain this. Mishaburah says, <laughs> because remember all it is is roasting there's no liquid there's no independent water it's not like boiling when you boil with water then we say the tom spreads throughout it's not a chicken in water with 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 a chita in it it's there's no water you're roasting it with its own juices so we say that causes less of a spread of the external oser element into the chicken. And therefore, we say all it is is k'day klipah. Well, there's an automatic klipah. The membrane of the crop is itself the klipah that separates the zefek from, the, from the, where the chita was from the rest of the meat. So there's no problem. V'a zefek u'bomokam klipa, mashulich and then throw the zefek away. Now, we know that we Paskin like the Ramah. And according to us, we would definitely Asur. And even if it's not a, a din of Chomets, we hold by Tzli, in other words, the sfardim hold, that Tzli, even if it's Mamish Asur, since there was no liquid, it's only Osir Kedei Klipa. Because Tzli is not like Bishul. Now, the Ashkenazim hold by other Isurim that when it comes to Tzli, you Asur, based on Shishim. He says here it's different. even Ashkenazim will agree, Ain Lahachmer Ki huv, the Mishabur says, This is not like roasting on the spit. This is just applying a little bit of fire everywhere. Because you're not really scorching it and, and really doing an intense job. Like you have your your torch, your fire, and you're moving it around. Get that feathers off here. Get the feathers off there. Let's get some stuff off. So it's not like an intense flame that it's being inserted into. And because of that, it doesn't have a din of roasting at all. Now, let's say you find the chita outside of the crop. So it was on the skin. So now, you have to do klipa, but only the amount where it was touching. All right? But he says over here that All of these problems that our Simon and Shulchan Aruch were speaking about can be avoided if you are a medactic and what you're what you should do is in in in, in when you are uh, processing the meat and the chicken what you should do is open up your chicken open it up completely cut open those spots cut open the zefek. cut open the stomach before you salt before you do anything and to make sure that you don't find anything umisha osakein arazes aris viniscar okay Um, One last thing before we get to the next simon, and I'm breathing a sigh of relief because, oh, Baruch Hashem, we finished Hilchas Kashris of Pesach. But now we have uh, one last thing, which I think is important before we get to the next simon. Whatever you're doing, you should try to have uh, Jews working for you uh, in this area. Uh, in general. I know it, it, when you process meat and everything like that, you have non-Jews that are involved. You have a machkiach, but it's, you should really have Jews doing it. This is something that only a Jew can be from about this and really care enough. And he says you shouldn't use children either. Okay. Let's go to the next sim. We're going to spend a couple of minutes here and, and then we're going to go to the, to the, your shalmi do you should not do meloha on Erev Pesach, that's going to be uh, two weeks from today, two weeks from um, two weeks from uh, today, like Wednesday. <laughs> two weeks from today, exactly. Wednesday afternoon from Chatzot, it's Asur Midar Abanan, <laughs> to do meloha on Erev Pesach after Chatzot. And if someone does, Ha'oseh meloha Pesach, Chatzot, to Lamala, the minah was, as the Gemara says, is to put that person in cherim. Is to say you're wrong, you have to ask tshuva, people aren't going to have anything to do with you, what you did was wrong. Let's just read a little bit more. Even if you're not getting paid, even if you're not going to do work for money, you're not going to your job, you shouldn't be doing milacha. Some take this Isur is so strong. Even to ask a non-Jew to do something for you would be usur on Erev Pesach after Chatzos. Some say you can ask a non-Jew. And the Ramah says, you can ask non-Jews to do work for you on Erev Pesach after Chatzos. But what work are we talking about? So let's do Sifbet. Pamedvaram you're going out to work to make money, no matter what it is. Even if it's a do-nothing job, and all you got to do is put buttons on, or whatever it is, small little things, going out to your parnasa, you should not do that after Erev Pesach, after Chatzos. Oh, says the Ramah, Or even if you're not getting paid, but it's a real malacha. Now, what does that mean, a real malacha? Now, you could say it's one of the 39 malachas, but that's not what the Ramon means. How do I know this? From the next three words. litfor begadim mamash. To really put begadim together, to actually so begadim, like to start from scratch, and it takes a long time to get it together, and the string, and, 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 and the arigah, and everything all. A a, a long, uh, substantive, takes a lot of time and a lot of sweat and effort. That's what we're talking about. The Ramah would agree that if what you're doing is just like fixing a button or fixing a seam or a hem, even though on Shabbat that would be usur, that's not the malacha we're referring to. So it's either something you get paid for or an extensive type of job. The Mishnah Buri gives another example, besides uh, uh, sewing clothes, the Mishnah Buri gives another example that Kibbutz kalov, doing a laundry, doing like a laundry, putting the soap on it, and, and rubbing it in, and throwing it into the machine, that would be a Malachah Gamorah. Now, it could be, I don't know. I'm going to take that back for a second. It could be the Mishnah Burr would agree that the way we do laundry, just throwing it in the machine, might be okay on ERF Pesach Achar Ach, Ach, Chatzos. Could be we're talking about, could be what we're talking about is real difficult laundry, the way it was done in the time of Chazal. Could be that's the type of laundry we're talking about. I don't know, it's something that needs to be looked into. But that's what we mean by Melacha Gemura. Aval, let's finish off here, Seif Bet. Misakenu ke lovely Yom Tov. If you've got a, a, a hem that's ripped, a button that needs to be put on, even though on Shabbat that would be Asur, but listen, I gotta get it ready for Yom Tov. Alright? That I'm allowed to do. Vyik Mi Shekotev Sfarim Svarim Somebody who's writing a sefer. Now he's writing it for himself. He's not getting paid for it. He's not trying to make it a beautiful book that that, that it's so meduyak. You're allowed to do that. Are you, or you're writing chedushei Torah that you shouldn't forget them, and you're or you're working on one of your books. So you're allowed to do that uh, on erev pesach after Derech mutar. Now, what is the reason behind this isra? Uh, and it's a very strong Yisur. In fact, if you take a look at the Mishnah Bru'ah, on Sif Bet, Sif Katan Bet, it says, If you do work, we say that you really haven't, you're not going to get any Simen uh, Bracha from that. And what does that mean? There's no Simen Bracha. That means that any money you earn, you're going to lose it someplace else. What's the reason behind it? So the Mishnahbura has two reasons, and we'll end with this. One reason is, After Chatzos is when everybody, every person has to bring the Korban Pesach, have a in the Korban Pesach. The day you bring a Shlomim, for example, the day that you know you're going to the Beit HaMikdash to bring your Nedava, you're not supposed to do Melacha. It's supposed to be a Yomta for you. It's supposed to be a holiday. You're bringing a korban to the Beit Hamikdash. Oh, you should be happy. You should not do melacha. You should treat it like it's a Yom Tov. So now, of course, the question is: We don't have the Beit Hamikdash. We're not bringing the korban. So why is the Shulchan Aruch written for us telling us not to do melacha? So the Mishabur writes: Why? Because when the rabbis made the Yisur, they said this is the reason, but we can't cancel it. <laughs> just because the Mesopotamus Basel- <clears throat> is not here, the yesur is still in place of doing melacha after chatzot on Erev Pesach. Now, there are, uh, uh, the other reason the Mishnah Bura gives is in the Ber Alacha, quoting Rashi, and you can see it here on the page. He says what, this was from the Yershalmi, what I just said. He says, according to the Yerushalmi, it would be Erev Pesach would be on Shabbat. And Friday would be the day that we would treat like Erev Pesach. Well, you're not bringing the Korban, so you'd be able to do Melacha even post-Chatzot, until closer to the Zman of Mincha. But Rashi says another reason. The reason why there's a Isur to do Melacha is because you got to be doing the job of Pesach. You even if there's no korban, you've got to be worried about chametz. You have to be worried about matzah, You have to worry about setting up the seder plate. You have to worry about getting everything ready, making sure the kids go to sleep. Whatever it is, you're getting ready, and therefore that would apply, even if it's not, uh, even if it's happening on a uh, a Friday afternoon, and 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 erev Pesach is actually Shabbat, it would still be Aser because Pesach, afternoon, is not a time to do other work. We want you to be focused. So those are the two reasons why Chazal made this Takana. Now, as I said, there are Heterim. And we're going to see some of the heterim, uh tomorrow, about Dover Avad, something that you're going to lose money, something that uh, if you lose a whole bunch of money because of it, if you didn't do the Malacha or if it's something that you if you don't do it you're going to you're not going to have the same simchas youmtif um so uh or you <clears> just <throat> got out of prison or whatever it is uh taking a haircut should be done according to the mishnah uh by a goy you should go to a goyish barber um uh and that you're allowed to do because like the Ramah says a goy can do melacha for you even if it means you move your head around uh, it's still considered the Goyiz Malachah, not yours, and you're allowed to go. But you should not go to a Jewish barber, even if the Jewish barber is open after Chatzot, do not go to the Jewish barber. I, I don't think anyone's going to any barbers today, but in the smart way, we would go to barbers, that would be the alocha. Okay, that's halacha for today. We made a nice start. We're now going to go switch to uh the uh Yerushalmi. So let's go to the Yershalmi now. And we're going to start with the very uplifting story of Rebbe Akiva. And you can see it's on the bottom of page one of today's handout. Okay. Um, three lines from the bottom of page one. Rebbe Akiva, and I see we have less people here today, but uh, what can we do? <laughs> yeah, Hopefully people are feeling well, and it's not because of illness. Rabbi Akiva. Uh, Ahavi, komay, tunis rupus Rabbi Akiva was standing. I don't know if he was standing, but he was in front of. He was there. Maybe he wasn't physically standing, but he was strong and noble in front of Turnus Rupus. What happened? It was the moment in the morning when you say Kriyat Shema, it was right before Netz Shari Kari Shema. So as he was being his his body was being tortured, combs of iron were flaying his flesh. Turnus Rupus was the executioner. He was raiding Kriyat the V'gachich. We didn't see that in the Bavli. He was laughing. He was laughing while he was saying Shema, like l- laughter was coming out of his mouth. On my way, said to him, Saba, you old guy, you're 120 years old. Either you're a fool, you're like a harash, someone who can't hear, which in those days meant don't understand what's going on. Or maybe, Or maybe, Maybe you don't care about the fact you're being punished. Don't you realize you're being punished? This means something. You should be serious, accept it, absorb it, take it with Shem Shemayim. Here you are laughing. he said, Tipach Ruchai Gavra. Your spirit should pop. You should just burst. Your neshama should burst on the inside. Loharashana. I'm neither of what I'm not I'm not a m a harash, I'm not Vibi Yasurin. ever since I've been a child, and especially after he became a Talmud Chacham, <provincia> at he started learning at the age of forty. He said, I've been reading this pasuk. Mitstar of Omer, Yadi. I've read the pasuk. <speaking in> the <language> and I was wondering. When am I going to be able to fulfill Avat Hashem with all three? I definitely know about myself that I have loved God with all my heart. This is Rabbi Yehuda talking. I've loved Him and I've given everything for Him. I've 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 spent everything for Him. I, I knew it in my heart. But I haven't checked that yet. I know in my heart I felt I would give my life up, but it hadn't been tested yet. But right now, now's the moment when I'm giving my life and I'm saying, do I love God? Do I love God while I'm being tortured? And it's happening at the moment I'm supposed to be saying it. And this is the moment every Jew is supposed to say these words, and I'm saying it and loving God and doing it at this moment. And my brain is not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about the pain. I'm not crying about the fact that I'm going to die. I am concentrating on love of God. Because of that, I'm so happy. I'm reading these words. And that's why I'm laughing. That's why I'm happy. So according to the Bavli, the last words he said was, Echad. And his neshama went out with the word Echad. <laughs> according to the Yashawmi, it sounds like the last words he was saying was, I'm laughing. Gachich. That was the last words that he said. Lois lobar. he just got those words out of his mouth. Ad she'parachad that's when his neshama left. It's similar to the same story, but it's a little bit different. It has a, as, as its own little power, I believe. Nehemiah Amse'uni. Shimei Shas Rabbi Akiva Shana. He was one of those students that was there for 22 years as a student. do Etim V'gam. And what did he teach him? He said, every time you have in the Torah Et, you have Gam. Ribuyim. It comes to add something. It comes to add an idea. Achin verachin. If you have ach, that's miutim. That comes to, uh, eliminate something. So they asked Nechemiah. Or Nechemiah asked Rabbi Akiva. What's being added by the word et? What does that mean, et? Et means something. That's why if you skip the word et we make you go back. (laughs) What's being added by the word et? Oh Marley, Rabbi Kiva answered. Oto ve etoroto. Not only do we love God, not only do we fear God, but we fear the Torah itself. The words of the Torah, the way we treat Torah, that's what Rabbi Kiva was about. Torah is God. And that's part of the reason why Rabbi Kiva dies for teaching Torah. He dies for keeping God alive in the world. And he died as a teacher of Torah. The Mishnah said, let's go on, lo yakel adam et rosho, by the um, harabayit. A person shouldn't be, he should be very serious there. Tony, Matil mayim, when it comes to urinating, ha panav Yashami's teaching something else we didn't see so clearly in the Bavli. And that is that um, <laughs> when you urinate, you're you, it's only the front of you that is exposed. So therefore, put the front of you to the north. The south is more chashuv. The south, you shouldn't have your pants open urinating towards the south. The reason is the Mefarshim say is because if in, in the directions of east and west, we're going to talk about in a minute, that's kavod the shechina, east and west. Because the ultimate east and west is entering the Beit HaMittash from the east and going to the Kodesh HaKtashim, to the west. The direction of east to west is the odyssey of a human being going in further, further into Kedusha, from the Arabayit into the Heichal, into the, Azara, into the Azara, into the Heichal, into the Kodesh, into the Kodesh HaKtashim. The direction of east to west is a very holy journey. But even the directions of north and south are very important as well. If you assume that, as we say, you're going east to west. So if I'm standing in front of the west, the ultimate, right, or actually the opposite direction, I'm standing starting off today in the east, my right hand is to the south. So this according to the shalmi, the south is a direction you have to have respect for as well. So therefore when you urinate, don't urinate towards the south. Don't have your body open towards the south. Hamesa chasragla, if that's defecating, that's number two, as we say. There your face should be to the south, and your your rear end is to the north. But what do you see from that? you see that east and west is a no-no, no matter what. You're, and, and, and that seems to be Kavon Beta Mikdash. Am Rabbi omar Mas and Atzofim That's only if you're in the Beta Mikdash area. If you're in the Beta Mikdash area itself, by the Tzofim, inwardly, then no urinating east and west. But Rabbi Akiva, we just spoke about he felt the Shekhinai everywhere. Even if you're not in the Mishkan Besa Mikdash or Yerushalayim area, where you could see where the Beta Mikdash is or was, anywhere you need to know the idea of East and West. Now, however, Mikivah gave a head there. That's where there's no wall. But if you're behind the wall, that's its own space. We didn't see this in the Bavli. But if you're behind the wall, that counts. The wall counts as a separation. You don't have to worry about east and west in terms of defecating or urinating. Tony, second line. How should you um, have your face? Your face should be turned. Rabbi Yudah beita mikdash Yudas says it's only when the beita mikdash was around do you have to be machmer in any of these dinim in terms of urinating and defecating rabbi osiel meir again it has to be in the Beta mikdash area or where you could see yerushalayim rabbi kiva says again everywhere we had this in the bavli umar rabbi akiva nikhnasti achar I followed Rabbi Yeshua into an area where he was involved in going to the bathroom because I wanted to get proper bathroom behavior from him. Amrle. So they asked Rabbi Akiva, Ma What did you see Rabbi Akiva? Amrle. Reitiv, Yoshe, klape Klapimarov. I saw he was sitting, and I saw that his, his, the side of his body was to the west. But the parts that he was using for urinating and defecating, that was not to the west. He didn't begin to unbuckle himself until he sat down. We do that today, right? He he wiped the area around him before he sat down. I saw the way, what hand he used to wipe his anus. He wiped it with his, with not his right hand, but with his left hand. And what Rabbi really? Kiva did but for Rabbi Yeshua, Shimon ben Azai did after Rabbi Akiva. Av Shimon ben Azai hoya Omerkein. Nekhnastiyach Rabbi Kiva and it was exactly the same way that he had seen by his Rebbe, Rabbi Kiva's Rebbe, Rabbi Yeshua. Tony, we konosodom ha-rabayis b'min raglav umoatav Tsurin besadino. Don't go into ha with your money. And your belt tied, but But it's only if the money belt is showing. If you have it underneath your clothing, it would be okay. We didn't see that in the Bavli. You could have your money with you, but it shouldn't be external. You could have it underneath your clothing. You have no other. You're afraid to put your wallet in the in the cubby or whatever it is. You can go according to the Yerushalmi as long as it's not visible. Matam, What does the Posak say in Koheles? Watch your feet Your feet no dirt. this is as far as Mordechai got when Mordechai wanted to dress like a pop, like a pauper and to instir people's pain. He went up until the gate. That's what it says in the Megillah. Mordechai did not go all the way to the Sharamelech. Now Now, who's Melech? What Melech was that? We're talking about Achashverosh. What's Akashvarosh? He's a Lechas Rucha. He's a he's a piece of semen. What is he? He's just a, a nothing. He's a, a, a semen that developed into a human being that's gonna die and decompose. But even that's considered enough of a king, you know, you have to have a respect the way you're there in his gate. From Mordecai, from the Hanaga of Zahirut, you need to have for an Akashverosh. For sure, you have to have that Zirut in front of. Al if it's the gate of God Himself. Loya Kapandaria, of course, don't make a shortcut in the rabbis. don't spit What's the Kalvachomer? Ma imni even when it comes to wearing shoes, which can be considered respectful. We know from the Pasuk by Moshe Rabbeinu that it's Admas Kodesh you take your you take you take your uh shoes off. Right? Um, let's read it again. Uh, if it comes to Rikika, for sure you can't do that in the Mokum of the Mikdash. Tony, the Mishnah said, um, we have a couple more minutes of your Shalmi today. We started on the late side. Let me review what it said in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah it said, that in the Beit HaMikdash, in the Beit HaMikdash, in the Beit HaMikdash, what we said was, um, they would make a bracha. What bracha would say, for example, Chonein Adat? They would not make the bracha, Baruch Adonai, Khoneinadat. Adat. They would say, Baruch HaTad Adonai, Elohei Yisrael, Ad Olam, Chonein Adat. That's the way it was in the first Beit Amidash. Now what they meant was God is the God of the Jews and he's the God of the Jews adolam forever. The Mishnah told us that when the minim uh arose, the skeptics, the heretics, the non-believers, the people who said there's only one world, they added the, the, these two words. Min ha'olam, ad ha'olam. From this world all the way into the next world. Now, what was it that that was the bracha that they made? How did the people answer? Because the leviyim and others were listening. Who were making the bracha? The leviyim, the anchei maimad. And the people around would answer amen to the tefilot that were happening in the Beit HaMikdash. Now that I gave you that background, let's read the Gemara and the Yishalmi. Tony, lo choya onin amen bevet amikdash. The people who heard the brachot, these unusual brachot, the way I mentioned them, did not say amen. Maho choy uomrim baruch shem kovod malchuto lelam Like we say on Yom Kippur, that's what everybody said every day in the Beit Hamikdash when they heard a bracha. They didn't say amen. They said baruch shem kovod malchuto lelam Minayin shloya onin amen be'mikdash. Talmud lomar. We know Nehemiah brought all the people to the Beit Hamikdash area and said, "Kumu Everybody, we're going to be et Hashem. And and what did and, and and they answered, That's what they answered. Talmud Lomar, because it says there in the pasuk in Nehemiah every bracha, not just at the end of all of them, they wouldn't, they never said Amen, they said Baruch Shem Kavod, after every bracha that was said in the, uh, the Beit HaMikdash, it was a shortened version of Shemun Esrei, three brachos, it wasn't 18 brachos, but whatever it was they heard at whatever time, when you answered the bracha, you said Baruch Shem. Amar Rabbi Yeshua the there are three things that the Bezdin Shomata was goes here. And you might have thought God was not in agreement. But, Hiskin Betin Shomali Mohen. God made a point to tell the people that I agree with what was going on. That was a very big Humrade's head. Yoshua and the Zikanim decided that anybody who had taken anything from Yericho would be put to death. God didn't say that. God just said, conquer the city. But Yoshua and the, and the people of the time felt that they wanted to show their allegiance to God, that this wasn't about conquering and taking money. It was about having the land of Eretz Israel. So no one could take from the spoils of Yericho. And whoever did would be considered chayev Mita. And we know Achen did that. And the very next battle against the Ai, the Bnei lost the battle and 36 people died and it was a great Avelut. Megilas Esther. That's a story that we have to read a mitzvah that they made, that one day a year you have to read the Megillah. It's a new section of Navi. They added something. It wasn't like God came to Shmuel and said, I want you to write this down, like the other parts of, uh, of, of Naviim. Megillah Tester, it's part of Chof Talat Sifrei Kodesh, and you have to read it every 14th or 15th of Adar. That was a takana, that was made by the Betin Shalmata, and God agreed to it. she Shalom Bashem We mentioned this yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry we don't have the people that were listening yesterday. But this is another Takana. Say God's name. Say Adonai Imachem when you meet someone. That was a gzeira, and God agreed with it. because we know Yoshua was crying over why 36 people died. Hashem came to him and said, Chata Yisrael. Next page. V'mo'al bi. Chata bi, it says. Hmm. Chata bi? <laughs> right? <laughs> you sinned against me? Chata Yisrael, it says, Chata Israel V'gam what? V'gam of the that's what it says in Yoshua. That, again, if you could, if you could, if you could, um, mute your phone, please. So, Yoshua was told by the, by, by the Malach that God is, says they were over my breed. That wasn't God's breed, not to take from Yericho. The low Yoshua gazar, that was Yeshua's idea. But God said, I agreed with it. And that's God's breed. Megillat Esther. How do you know Megillat Esther God agrees with? Because what does the Pussy say? It says, Kimuvi Kiblu Ayudim, right? The Jews, uh, fulfilled it and accepted to do it every year. But if you look in the Megillah, you'll see the word Kiblu is spelled without the Vav. It's spelled, Rav says, Vikibelksiv. It's written vikibel, which means who was mikabel me- Kimu, the Urim decided to do it vikibel. God accepted it. It's a whole new pshat. Kimu, we fulfilled it. God says, I like it. I'm makabel. It's part of Torah as far as I'm concerned. I'm maskim. I am makabel Megillat Esther. Shavat Shalom b'shem. It says in Eboaz BoMi Beit and what did he say to his to his kotsriim? Hashem imachem. Uminayin sheiskimu betin shomal veimohem. Talmud willmar. So here we see a malach later in the time of Gidon, which is later than the time of Boaz. We're assuming. Agreed with the takana that Boaz had made. So you see, even God has the Malach answer to Boaz that way. So you see that God agreed with this Takana. Rabavon Bishem Rabbi ben Levi There's another one. The Takana was made in the time of Ezra, Hevi to the And test me. That's what it said there. God said, You can test me. Bring the ma'asar there and you can test. You'll see the brachai was given. But that was a takana not to give to the koanim because the koanim didn't come up. So they gave ma'asar, I'm sorry, the, not to give ma'asar to the leviyim. They gave ma'asar to the koanim. That was a special takana in the time of Ezra. And that was a takana where they didn't bring it to each kohen individual either. They brought, that was giving Maser to the Kohen, and the Truma was all going to the Beit HaMikdash instead of the way it was usually done, where they would give the Truma to each family. For a while, in the beginning of the time of the second Beit HaMikdash, they brought, everybody brought their Truma and Maser to the Beit HaMikdash, and there the Kohanim and Levim came, whatever Levim, I don't know if many Levim came, but then that's where the Kohanim Received it at the Beit HaMikdash. All of that was a new thing. That wasn't the way things were up until that time. But God agreed with it. Because God said, you can test me. Do this mitzvah and I will give you bracha. So you see that God agreed with the takana of Ezra. That that's the way it should happen from this point on for a while. And that's what the passage says. That And if you do, Trumas and Maestros, I'll give you bracha ad beli What does ad beli mean? Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Barbo, B'shem Rabbi Yochanan, Dover, Sheev Shalomar Dai. I'll give you the type of thing you can ever say no to, which is like rain. That's the bracha. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Barbo, B'shem, You know what it means? At-shivu Milomar, Dayenu. <laughs> it's like your lips are tired from saying d'ayenu brachot, d'ayenu brachot. It's enough. It's enough. You're doing so much. God, you don't have to give us so much. D'ayenu brachot. I saw one of the mafarshim says that if you say the word die, you don't have to use your lips. But if you say d'ayenu, you need to use your lips. D'ayenu. Look at my lips when I'm saying it. D'ayenu. My lips are moving. If you have to, if your lips are moving over and over, it's like you're tired. Dayenu, dayenu, your lips are tired from saying it. You get so many brachot. What did the Pesach say in the, in, in, in the Mishnah? It said, mm-hmm. al kizik, Don't say, oh, it's your old mother. I'm not following this minag. We can learn minagim from the zikenim. Amar abiosi barbon im divrei Torah al Don't think, oh, this is so old-fashioned. It has nothing to do with today's times. It's old. I've done it a hundred times already. Whatever excuse you have for saying it's not relevant, don't dismiss Torah because it seems like it's old-fashioned. You know what? If things look like they're old and, and, and it's not modern and it's not applicable, don't just sit there and complain about it. You know what you should do? Amod v'gadra. Go up there and do something. Make Torah more relevant. Try to teach it in a new way. Try to get people excited about things. Don't just say it's old-fashioned and it doesn't uh, apply to what we need to be like. Who did something like that? the Sha'asa Elkanah, the, the, the father of Shmuel, the wife of Hannah. What did he do? If you remember, we know in Shiloh, many people did not want to go to the, to be Ola Regil. It wasn't as beautiful as the Beit HaMikdash, but it was still nice. It still had a little sense of permanence and lasted for hundreds of years, 380 some years. Shiloh was there. People stopped bringing their korbanot. They stopped being Ola Regil. They didn't do it. They didn't like the people that were there. They didn't like Hafni and Pinchas. It wasn't, they knew, whatever excuses they made, people had stopped doing it. What did uh, Elkanah do? What he did was, Madreches regalim. What did he do? He would make a whole big deal about it. He would travel and he would go to from city to city on his way. It says, ha-ish miro. He would leave his city and then take a circuitous route and travel not straight to Shiloh, he would make a big deal of himself and people would say, where are you going? What's going on? And he would tell them about the, how great it was to go to the, to the Mishkan and how wonderful it was to bring a Korban. And every year it became bigger and bigger. He was like a crusader in that way. It got bigger and bigger and more people came and more people came. And that's how he used a, a public relations effort of turning it into something that people would want to do. And that is what uh, he did, and it got more people to go up to the Mishkan. And that's what the Pesach says. Eis When it's Eis you have to do whatever you can to get people to be more nizar in Torah. Rabbi Kroy, a If people aren't teaching Torah, if Torah seems to be on the wayside, do something about it hem be like Elkana um one last thing we'll end with today to if your whole Torah is just okay, now's my time. I work the whole day, Torah, I've got time for Torah. My time is only this if that's the way you look at Torah, that I've got Torah this time, this is my schedule. Torah's on this time, Torah not in any other time. Torah at this time only, 7.40 to 9.10. That's my study time. That's the way I've worked it out for the coronavirus uh, quarantine time. I got my map. I've got my day set up. Torah from this time to this time. Look what the Yishanmi says. That's not what God wants. My time... Next page. Hey You know what is? When it's a slash when it's A slash M. Don't say read the word lasot. <laughs> right. Um if if that's all it is, I'm not saying look, everybody's gotta be busy with their family and busy with things they need to do to make Parnassah, But they should want to learn Torah every single moment. Torah should not be put into an it. You should never be Torah. that's for sure. And that means you don't miss it. Kovei itim Torah means it's kavua and you never miss. There are people here on this recording who know what I'm talking about, and they live that way. I don't want to embarrass them by mentioning their names. But they don't miss, because they know this is the et. That's kovei But it's not only et. It's not only that time. To- you have to look at Torah as something that you can get any time if you're able to. It shouldn't only be the Zman Koveya. Don't turn Torah into an et. You turn Torah into an et, I and taf. Then, God considers that a hafara. God says, Torah is something you have to live and swim and love. That should be the type of thing, that's, that should be our attitude towards learning. Look, there's more people, I think, listening to Torah now than there were a couple of weeks ago. So it shouldn't be only be et. People are downloading these podcasts all 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 hours of of, of the day, so Mir that's the way we should live. So That's the end of the family today. Let's go to the Bavli. Okay, um, going back to the Bavli page. Here we go. All right. Everybody, I hope everybody's okay. Um, looks like we're here. Have... All right. So here we are, Uh-oh. um, on the Bavli page, it's Yud Zayin Omid Bet, I mean, Yud, uh, Ches Omid one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, follow the bouncing ball, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, Uh-oh. 20, 21, Twenty-two, twenty-three, the twenty-third line from the top. I've got the cursor right on it. If you can see that. Vahashta, ready? Vahashta, do We said according to a hillel, there's a problem with an item that's cooking on Shabbat that you want to be ready, that could be ready on Friday night. An item that starts to cook Erev Shabbat, but is, and it, and it could be ready on Friday night. There is a problem, even according to Hillel, to start that item cooking if it's not totally done, because you might stir the coals. But we said yesterday, hashtag Mar kol mide de koshile zika, if you won't stir the coals because to get to the coals you have to open the door of the oven, which will bring in wind, and the wind might ruin the food. That's going to stop you, even if you don't realize it. Shabbos, lo megalile. That's what we said yesterday about certain types of material. So if that's true. High bisra de Gadia, If you have the meat of a succulent uh, little uh, goat. Visarik. And it's in the oven and you put a, a, you put a plaster, a little bit of plaster around the edge of the oven. Shop your dummy. That's going to stop you. Because first of all, when it comes to something so delicate like goat, like kid meat, young goat meat, the wind could ruin it or make it not as tasty. Plus, plus you put a, a plaster on it. And the plaster is already a reminder, hey, it's Shabbos. I shouldn't open this up and break the plaster. But the barcha, if it's an old goat, if it's already a mature goat, that the wind is not going to ruin it, velosoric, and you didn't put any plaster on it, that's definitely also according to Hillel. What about, and Shammai, but Hillel, even Hillel. What about the Velo Soric? What about if there's, uh, uh, there is. Um, it is a goat, it is a gdi, it is a young kid, but you didn't put the plaster. Or let's say debarcha, it's an old goat, visarek, and you put the plaster. What would be the halacha? So even though when it comes to the Pishtun that we were talking about in the Mishnah, there, the wind really ruins it. The wind doesn't ruin the kid as much as the open wind can ruin the flax inside of the oven. So that was a machlokas. What would Hillel say there? Ravashi Shori. Ravashi says it's the same as plaster, as as flax in the oven. As long as the wind can be a problem or you put some sort of protective seal to remind you, I, I shouldn't do this on Shabbos, that's enough. Rav Midifti, Osir. So Omar says Ravashi to Shori what about the next mission? We're not going to we're going to get to it today. We're not going to do it. Ein solen basar. You're not supposed to roast. Talked about roasting in halacha today. You're not. You can't roast meat on a spit. You can't roast batsal, an onion, or a beitzah. So why? What, if Ravashi is right. why aren't you allowed to do it? It says if you're using you're using a gadi a gadi, you're afraid to open up the oven. Kumar says awesome. Over there, who says it's a gadi Maybe over there Ravashi will say it's talking about not all Basar. It's talking about a barcha. It's talking about an old goat. The Losarik. Ikadi Amre? Degadya, maybe it's even referring to all types of meat. Even a nice succulent kid that's being roasted. sorek, bein lo Losoric. Still shopper dummy. Debarachanami Bisoric Shopper Dummy. I'm sorry I skipped something. Um Hussam Dibarachovisoric. That's one way to explain the the Mishnah. Ika the Amri, there's another version of the Machlokas Yermi and Ravashi. Ika the Amri, the guide Ben bain sarg, lo dummy. Other way of learning is when it comes to a goat, where the wind could ruin the goat being cooked properly. So even if you didn't put plaster on it, we know psychological, you're not going to open up the oven and the Hila would allow you to put in that kid, the kid, the young goat, Arab Shabbos to cook. The And as long, even an old goat that the wind doesn't ruin, but if you put a little plaster on the oven, that's a reason to protect you, and we know you're not going to stir the, the coals. The machlokas was with an older animal, the wind's not the problem, and, although you put it into the oven, and you didn't put any plaster on it. Ravashi says it's okay. Ravir me amidipti if a Madipti says no, there's nothing stopping you. There's Ravashi Deshari, According to Ravashi, that's allowed. I, we learned in the Mishnah. Ain't so and Basar told me Why not? According to Ravashi, we should be mekel. According to Ravashi, we should be mekel because it's a Gadi. Tamara says, because it even husam aguma. It's all outside. It's on coals. There's no oven. It's on top of the coals. So nothing is so therefore it's not like you have to open up or open the wind or open up or be protected. Therefore, we're worried you're just gonna let it sit there and you're gonna stoke the coals. Amaravina High Chaya Shopper Dummy. When it comes to cooking gourds, vegetables you can put those vegetables into the oven before Shabbos, even according to Hillel. Why? Because those vegetables, those gourds, wind gets into them, they don't cook properly. So therefore, it's like Bisra digdi. So therefore, we can Paschal to be Meiko. As long as there's some psychological reason you have for not doing it, you can put the stuff into the oven before Shabbos, according to Hillel. Next uh, statement, Bechamai says you cannot sell an item to a goy on erev Shabbos or lend him. And we'll see the Bryce is going to explain it further. Tana Rabanan Omrim. Okay, Lo A person shouldn't sell his item to a goy. He shouldn't lend his item to a goy. Lo Yashilenu would be th- to borrow the object. Lo yalivenu is don't lend him money. Lo yitain lo bematana don't give him a gift. Ele Beito. He's got to be able to get to his house before Shabbat. Otherwise, people think, nosy neighbors think he's doing a job for you. That's Shammai. Beitilelomrim. This is not the Beit Hillel we saw in our Mishnah. He says, doesn't have to get to his house as long as he can get to some house that's in the area. As long as he gets get to a house that's in his city. It doesn't have to be his private house. If he can get to some house in the city that he lives in, that's good enough. Rabbi Kiva, No. As long as he leaves your house before Shabbat, Starts. You can do business with a guy. We don't worry about this issue of Marat Ayin. Am Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda, hein ein divrei Rabbi Akiva, hein ein Don't assume from the way the bright is set up that Akiva's arguing with with Haleil. Akiva explaining Haleil. Lobo bo Rabbi Akiva lefaresh divrei Beit Haleil. Tana Rabbanu Mechama Yomrim lo yimkaradam chmatzol lenochri. Talk about Pesach today. A person, according to Shammai, has a Chiyuv to destroy all his Chametz. And you can't sell Chametz to a Goy. All your Chametz needs to be destroyed, according to Shammai. You can't own anything. And you cannot sell it to a Goy. Only if what? Look at this Chumrah. We don't bask in this way. <laughs> You have to know that the guy will finish it and eat it up before Pesach, or do something destroy it before Divri Metshamayim. Beit As long as you are allowed, even erev Pesach, as long as you're still allowed to eat chametz, Shemuter you can sell chametz. And even if that means the guy is going to keep it over Pesach and maybe give it back to you after Pesach, we're not talking about, but even so, Basilo says it's all right. Rabbi Yehuda holds like Shammai. And Rabbi Yehuda Omer, today's daf, Kutach abavli. That was a type of yogurt. That was a type of yogurt that had pieces of bread in it. And it was a dip. And you would use it with your meal. Dip a little bit, dip a little bit. It was very strong. It wasn't. It wasn't like shmear that you put on a bagel. All the types of kutach that have chametz in it, which means even according to Shammai, if you sell it 45 days before Pesach, we don't care. The din biur chametz is chal on the person 30 days before Pesach, and he has to. He has to make sure that there is no chametz, even though it's not his anymore. He has to give, even if he's selling it, but 30 days before Pesach, we don't care what you do with it. Once 30 days before Pesach kicks in according to Beit Shammai, and here Rabbi Uda goes like Shammai, you, your chametz has to be eliminated. And if there's a type of chametz that people eat little by little, don't sell that to the guy 30 days before Pesach. On Shabbat, you can take the effort. The Miri says, even though this is not your dog, there's dogs in the street, and the dog wanders into your chazer You're allowed to go into your house and be Matriach and put get find the food and go under the, the, the sofa to find it and go out there and schlep out into the yard and throw the food to the dog. It's not even though it's not your dog. And even though not low, Even though the dog is running away with it, and the dog is taking it out into reshut harabim, it doesn't make a difference. Now we know there is a malachan Shabbat. You're not chayiv karet or skila from it. It's called mechamer, and that means to load up an animal on Shabbat, or to give an animal something that the animal goes with. Here there's no takana, no gzera. You're allowed to feed the dog, even though you know the dog is going to run with it into Rishot and people see you what you did. There's no problem with that. <speaking in Hebrew> there's a, there's a guy out there, a poor goy. He's looking for a handout. You can go and feed him, give him the food. Even though you know low, the goy can take it, Vyatsah, he leaves your Khatzer, he goes out to Rushutarabim, Ainis Kokenlo, you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to tell him anything. He can take the food away. That is a Braita. So the Gemara asks on this Braita. These are basically the same din. What do you have to give me two examples of the goy and the dog? Hatulamali, Hainuhach, isn't this all the same thing? Mar says no. Ma de Tema Hai the high low Ramele. I might have thought that the dog is your responsibility. All of us, based on the posak of Lakelov tashlichunot, that we give dogs to Nevelo Nevela to the dogs, we still have the of Vitsiat mitzrayim for all these dogs that you see out there. And therefore the Mizonot masav. you have to have And therefore, where else is the poor animal going to get food? So you might have thought, the dog, you have a hetter. For this goy, this schlepper, he can find another goy to feed him. He's not your responsibility. Kamash Malon, yes. You 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 do give parnasa. So even though there's other goyesha charities, you go on Shabbat, you go through the effort, and you give him the stuff from your house. You go outside and you give it to him. And you're not supposed to give Matano to a goy, but you do give to a goy who's an oni. Vemnei darkei shalom. And that would be allowed to do on Shabbat. Next, that's Shammai. Um, that's even Hillel. I'm sorry. Meaning for him to use on Shabbat. If he's, if you're renting, the case of 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 Shammai in the Mishnah was selling him something or lending him something. But now we're talking about renting. Renting is schar shabbat. Lending him, even though it's yours, but it's his as far as She'ila gives the guy balut. Selling, of course, is balut. And there's a problem of marit ayin according to Hillel. But renting is different. Renting means from what the guy is using it, you're getting money. Now, how could you ever rent anything for a week if part of that week is Shabbat and you rent by the day? So there we have a there called havla'ah, that you're allowed to make money from a guy because he's paying you for the rest of the week besides Shabbat. So technically you say you're not getting money for what he's working on it using your object on Shabbat, it's for the whole week. It happens to be... That's the hetar called Havla'ah. What we're learning from this b'risa is, don't do that on Erev Shabbat. The hetar of havla is only if it's a couple of days before Shabbat, but not on not on Erev Shabbat. On Erev Shabbat, it looks bad. There, we're worried about the Sechar Shabbat, because it's like, the it was maybe only for Shabbat that he's renting it, and you're getting money from Shabbat for what's happening on Shabbos, that's us, lo Yaskir now mutter, but if it's on um if it's on Wednesday or Thursday, that's okay, even though part of the deal is that he uses it on Shabbat and pays you for all those days. You need to say perhaps you're not really paying for Shabbat, however you structure the contract, even though we know he is he is using it and paying you for the use. You're not supposed to send letters and have a guy be a delivery boy for you to a different town. Because it looks like the guy is working for you and you're paying him for work that he's doing for you on Shabbat. He's going out of the Tchum. He's going to another city. He's carrying in Rosh He's delivering it. Now, even though You didn't tell him to deliver it on Shabbat. That's what it looks like, and therefore you're not supposed to give the goy, as we see here, a letter to carry on erev Shabbat and pay him for being a delivery person. But but if you give it to him on Wednesday and Thursday, even though he's you see him people see him in the street with a letter with your name on it. That's okay. People see him in the town that you sent it to on Shabbat because you gave it to him early enough. All right. Um Rabbi Hakohen. He's one of the students of Rabbi Yochanan Ben zakai in Pirkei Avot. Rabbi Osi Hakohen, right? And that's why the next line is very important. V'Amrulava V'Amrulay Rabbi that was the one that, that, if you look in Pirkei Avot, Yochanan Ben Zakkai called Yossi Cohen the Chassid. Eleazar Ben Orkinus was the Borsid She'einu Ma'abit Tipah. He had incredible memory. Uh, Rabbi Yossi was the Chassid. Rabbi Yossi ha-Kohen. So this Chassid Rabbi Yossi, Lo nim biyad goy Even though he needed to send letters to people, he never used the goy. He never would pay a guy to to deliver a letter. He didn't want it to be that the guy was doing it on Shabbat, and people would see, "Oh, look, he's delivering Rabbi Yossi's letter." Ella, what's the heter? In other words, like this: If you're going to give the Goy the letter, and he'll bill you. Later, that's usser. If he bills you, he says, look, I'll do this job for you, and later I'll give you a bill for how long it took me. That's usser because that looks like he's working for you. But let's say when you give him the letter on Erev Shabbat, you actually tell him the price. He haggles with you or whatever it is, and you come up with an exact price. Now. It's like you know he's he knows he's getting the money he's working for himself. That's the difference between establishing the price in advance. This has a lot of nafkeminas in Hilchot Shabbat when goyim are doing work for a Jew. If the if you if a person is <coughs> a goyish contractor a Kablan, and the price is already set up even though he shows up on your house on Shabbat technically this would not violate the yisur. Because he was kotzei's damim beforehand. And therefore, he's working for himself. So that would be allowed in the case of a letter carrier. Okay? Bet <inaudible> Shammai <inaudible> <inaudible> says, you still, I don't care if you make up, you give him the money. It still looks bad. He's got to be able to get to his house with the delivery and the letter, and it's not happening on Shabbat, and he's walking around in the street with your letter. Pesilo says it doesn't have to get to the house. As long as he gets to a house in the city, it's enough. Murray says, one second, alo Kotzats. Didn't you say we're talking here that he comes, he gives him a price? He's already become a Kablan who's doing it for his own sake. So why should he, according to Hillel, need to get to a certain place? Even if he can't get to any place, he's working on his own. It should be allowed because of the says, No, you have to know what the price means. First of all, there's a hetter even according to Shammai, if you do kitzitzah. If you do kitzitzah, the worker is working for himself, the goy. Even though people notice he's doing something for you. kamar im lo If you don't, or you aren't able to come up to terms with him, and he's going to send you a bill later, then, beit omrim, you better make sure he can get to the place you want the delivery to happen before Shabbat. So that's another hetter, even without a Katsitsa. He doesn't have to get to the the, the the place the delivery. It's the place of the of a house. Raisha ain't But the Rasha says you're not supposed to send letters. Why here do you have a head there if he shows up in the city? The Gemara says, Lokasha. Ho be doar b'mata. The beidowar. In, in modern, in old Hebrew, when they first set up the Medina, doar was the post office. <laughs> okay? This is where it comes from. It comes from this piece of Gemara. But Rashi explains the doar was like one of the uh, the, uh, the leaders of the town. The Mayor, the Alderman, he was also in charge of all letters. All letters had to go through him. so if there is a Beidowar in the town, if there's a, a a a a Governor's Mansion, if there is a place where the where the Postmaster lives in town, so then Hillel says the guy's not going to be walking around the town on Shabbat Day with your letter, he's going to give it to the Postmaster. And everybody knows where the postmaster, the postmaster is Kavua. So as long as he can get to the town, we assume he can get to the postmaster. But if, if there is no postmaster in that city, then you have a problem sending a letter even according to Ubeitelel. And that's what the word says, Hadilo Kavia be Doar Bimata. Because then there is no postmaster. The guy's going to be walking the streets. The person is walking the streets. And because he's walking the streets, I hope you guys can hear me. You can see the letter. You can see the letter in his hand and there is no postmaster. There it might be a problem. All right, let's move on. -hmm. A person should not get into a boat to take a long trip on the ocean, if it's three days before Shabbat, meaning Tuesday night it's over, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you should not be taking getting on an ocean trip. Now, this is a big chidush. Why? So, there's a machlokas, the two great Rishonim. Rashi doesn't say why. There's a machlokas, the two great Rishonim, the Rif and the Balamor. The Rif says, the reason is, is because... It takes three days for your stomach to settle. If you would get on this boat, really there's nothing wrong. You're not doing any malacha. If you're on a boat and the, and the guy is riding the boat, you just sitting there in your, in your cabin and the non-Jew is, 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 is riding the boat. The other people with the oars, you're just standing on deck. You're not doing anything. Why should it be ushered to be on a boat? You're not, you didn't get on the boat on Shabbat itself. You were on the boat before Shabbat, and still Shabbat, and the boat is still moving. You're not doing anything. Why should it be Usr? So the Rift says it's Usr depending on when you start. If you start on Thursday or Friday or Wednesday, you're going to be seasick by the time when Shabbat comes. And because you're going to be seasick, that's going to ruin your Shabbat. Therefore, the Bryce is telling you start earlier, so you get all your throwing up done beforehand, and by the time Shabbos comes, your stomach has settled. That's according to the, the riff. I'm sorry, the riff. The Balamor says the reason is, is because we know what goes on in the boat. We know, who knows what's gonna happen. You're on the ocean. It's probably going to have to stop somewhere. You're probably going to have to put up a fire. You're probably there's going to be some some sort of sakana. Something's going to happen where it's going to be Chil Shabbat in some way. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to be. Cannibals are going to come. You're going to have to take bows and arrows and shoot them. The boat's going to have to take an emergency stop. You're going to have to carry on. Something's going to happen here. I don't know, but I'm predicting. So if you leave on Monday or Tuesday, it's it's at least early enough before Shabbat that we don't blame you that the pikuach nefesh or whatever it was made you have to be machal Shabbat. But if it was already Shabbos mode, it was already Wednesday morning, when you're supposed to be thinking about Shabbat, then we already blame you for getting on the boat. Because probably this journey is going to have problems on Shabbat. So that is the machlokas, why you can't do it, but according to both opinions, you cannot get on the boat on Wednesday. Okay? Up until Tuesday, Wednesday, you can't get on the boat. But that's if you're taking a pleasure cruise, or it's this is your job, but if you need to get someplace for pideon Shvuyim, you need to get someone to help somebody in danger, it's a mitzvah, you need to go speak to someone to give a get, L'tvar mitzvah, we allow you to get on the boat. Shopper dummy. But, You need to tell the driver of the boat, the guy, I'm getting on the boat, but I really want you to not, I want you to stop the boat before Shabbat. And I want you to just anchor it on Erev Shabbat. I don't want to do any traveling on Shabbat in the boat. <laughs> but he's not going to listen to you. But you need to do lip service and say it. You say, look, I, I want to tell you, I, I want to go on the boat, but I really don't, I want you to stop the boat. He's not going to listen to you. But you need to make that hishtadlut. Rebbe. Rebbe's father said you don't need to tell him anything. He's not listening anyway. So you don't have to go through the effort of telling him anything. Bye-bye. Yes. Because you need to at least show that you're not happy with the fact that the boat is traveling on Shabbat. And the way you show that is by doing the awkward thing, Rabbi says, is talking to him and telling him that. Now, but if you're going from Tyre to Sidon in Lebanon, that doesn't take long. That you can even go on air if you're not. You're not going to get seasick and it's not going to last so many days. So you can take a small little trip, but a large trip on the ocean you're not allowed to take. Let's just finish off this page. shabbat. A person should not be start a siege. Now, obviously, if it's mohemet mitzvah, it's pikuach nefesh. You started on Yom Kippur. You started whatever day it is. But let's say this was a battle you could live without. You could take over this country and absorb them or not. Okay, I'm getting a message here. Let me see what it says. All right, I will tell people to say Elul Thank you. So, um, so if you are if you have a siege. Don't start it if you don't need to. Don't start it on Wednesday because we know you're probably going to be working through Shabbat in it. If you can start it earlier in the week, it might last until Shabbat. If you can start it early, start it either Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. But if you start it already, we don't. Nobody should be a firmer and say stop it. What does the Pussek say ad You, 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 you attack the city till it's completely squashed. Even if you know they've lost, no truce. You don't make a, a ceasefire. You wait until ad ridita, until it's completely, totally vacant, completely even. Now you, again, you don't start, but once you begin, we don't stop, we don't stop the siege of a city. Until, right. Arm Shemagam gamliel He says, agim were that we did we went like Shemai. We did not give uh our our our, our Bigadim to the uh the people to clean them uh before Shabbat, like Shemai. Tanya Umrap Sodo Kako Yiminogo Shabed Rab Gamliel She she not and cli Lavanlikovis when it was a white begged. Can we give it even if it was a non Jewish, um, a, a non Jewish washer person? They would not give it because they didn't want it to be there, they wanted to make sure that there was that it was done before Shabbat. But if it was a colored baghead, that they would do a few Arab Shabbat. What do you see from this? I learned from what the base rab Gamliel did, Shalavanim kashim l'kapsan. Whites are much harder to wash. It takes more time in the, with the laundry. Yoter <laughs> menatzuyeh, more than the colors. Abaya, haviyoyev le'yahu mona d'etzviyah Katsra. When Abaya would give uh, a beged, uh, a, a, a piece of clothing that was colored, Katsra <laughs> is Aramaic for a, to a washer person, on <laughs> way... He would say, okay, how much are you charging? On way, one price, Abaya, Kiddichivra, the same price for white, we charge for colors. On way, you shouldn't be this way. The rabanan already taught us from the Bryce, but from Gamaliel. It's much harder to to wash whites than colors. The, the colored him should be cheaper. And Amarabaya Hai Man Dioev Mana Lakatsra Bimishta Nesivle Bemishka Nesivle or Bemishkoneshkomine. When you give your clothes to the cleaners, you should stretch it out and measure it. And when you take it back you should measure it. Why? D Many times, when you take stuff to the cleaner, they stretch it, and it's bigger than you think. Sometimes, right, Sometimes, right, are and it, because they stretched it. And if it's less, it's their fault, because the because they shrunk it. So Abay is giving us a lot of practical aid to about dry cleaners and cleaners. No, don't accept a higher price. And number two, check your clothes beforehand and check them after and make sure he marks it down so he knows. Um, we'll stop over here, I believe. Uh um, I think this is a good place to stop. I think we got up to almost Ahmed Bay's. Um, I know we're, we're a little bit behind, but I think uh, uh, we're tired and i think we've done our 90 minutes i think here we're going to stop um if anybody has anything they want to say from says remember remember to say Kriyachma. we'll we'll take it up from this spot tomorrow is thursday i believe yalo remember to say Yalaviavo tomorrow on thursday we'll take it up from this spot and we'll try to do as much as we can all right thank you, like you okay good night thank you very much okay